Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Give the gift of choice this season with multi-store cards at giftcards.com. With multi-store cards, treat them to dinner, movies, or shopping on one convenient card. Featuring all your favorites like Macy's, Alta, and Lululemon. It's a great gift card everyone will love. For last-minute gifting, choose the Happy Holidays or Holiday Favorites e-gift, delivered straight to their inbox. Purchase multi-store cards today at www.giftcards.com slash multi-store. Welcome back to Collider Movie Talk. Today we are discussing the new update about the Warner Media streaming service. I don't know what everyone's laughing at now. I'm curious, but it is HBO Max on top of that red notice. It moved from Universal over to Netflix. Now on top of that, Ryan Reynolds has been added to the cast. That project is shaping up super nicely. I hope for Netflix's sake, it is worth all of those dollars because there are a lot of them in that story. We're going to get to it. And today I get to discuss those stories with Hector and Coy. Welcome back, Take guys. Take your budget to the max. That was the best one I've <laughs> seen. Take your budget it. to it was the max. It. See, this is why I like to see them first. The because I like so to be good. in on the joke and not laugh in the middle of the show. That was That's the perfect. first graphic that broke me on air. Take your budget mm-hmm. to the max was solid. Excellent work. Was great. And the great. All the love for like, Adam and those DC clever and friends side by side plus that art. Yeah. Artistry. <laughs> Nicely done. Now we're going to see. we started off on a high note. We are. We did. We're going to see HBO Max not use that, but they're going to be like, take your entertainment to the max. Oh, that's coming for sure. That's the Yes, 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 yeah. they should be doing. Yep, yep, yep. Everything I, else is 90s flavored. Why yeah. not our catchphrase? <laughs> I'm so curious to see if they do that. It seems too obvious now. <laughs> All right. So, of course, we are talking about HBO Max right now. According to the official press release that they sent out earlier today, what's happening now? Warner oh, Media <laughs> streaming service dubbed. We just can't maxing, handle this. Maxing out my so, credit. Warner Media dubbed its new streaming service HBO Max. It's scheduled to launch commercially in the spring of 2020 and is expected to debut with 10,000 hours of premium content. There are a whole bunch of networks that are a part of this, like HBO, CNN, TNT, the list goes on and on. There's rumors right now, this isn't confirmed yet, but it is rumored that it's going to cost between $16 and $17 a month. There are new deals in the mix with this press release. Like, for example, this service is getting all 236 episodes of Friends. On top of that, it's getting The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Pretty Little Liars. We have so many Pretty Little Liars fans here, don't we? Oh, yeah. I was actually a big fan of that show. For a little bit. Um, on top of that, it's going to be the exclusive streaming home to a string of new Warner Brothers produced dramas for the CW, beginning with the fall 2019 season, including Batwoman and then also Katie Keene, which is the spinoff for Riverdale. The service will also have an exclusive movie production deal with Greg Berlanti and Reese Witherspoon. So a whole lot of content here. Yes. The one thing that I didn't utter in this gigantic rundown I just gave you right now is any DC Universe properties, but they did release a little trailer with this, and mm-hmm. we caught the Doom Patrol logo in it. So I didn't catch that. <laughs> but, sure. no, but no, I believe it is there. I just didn't <laughs> I see it. You were missing it. 
No, I'm not me. messing with you. I just did not see it because when I when I saw that trailer, I also saw uh, like the, the the DC recent superhero movies and the CW yes. stuff, and I thought my first thought was like, oh, okay, DC Universe stuff is going to stay on DC Universe, and we can talk about what could maybe happen to DC Universe, which the short answer for me is I don't know, even though I'm on the, <laughs> the service. Like, as far as I've been told, everything's going to, everybody's happy with everything and everything's going to keep going, which would be cool because I, you know, full disclosure, I have a job on there and I'd <laughs> like to keep it. But, but just as a fan, I've also known that when DC Universe as a platform launched, back when it did that part of it was like we don't have all the CW like Arrowverse stuff on there yet we don't yeah. have the recent DC superhero movies because I had read somewhere or I had heard that like those are tied up in legalities and rights issues somewhere else like yeah. like you know like other like like again like HBO will have the rights to the the DC universe like Justice League Wonder Woman Aquaman movies up to a certain point before they can like port over to DC Universe. Does that make sense? They're not going to get those that same day versus some of their direct-to-video animated yeah. movies. They did get the same day, which mm. is pretty interesting. So so when I first saw the DC stuff, it wasn't DC Universe stuff for me. So I was like, okay, that seems like it's they're still trying to keep it separate. But then you're saying you saw Doom Patrol is in yeah. there. So it's like, Okay. If anybody wants to see it, I think I even have the. It's at the, 30, the thirty-three second mark. But <laughs> I, I see that, and I think I start to make my laundry list. Sure. Like, how many of sure. these services do I have? How many am I going to wind up paying for in the future? And I say to myself, Is it worth the cost per month? Mm-hmm. And when I think about that, and I think about DC Universe in particular, it would behoove them and the mm-hmm. content they have over there to put it all under one umbrella. I agree. Because you look at that kind of number and you think about how much you pay for something like HBO now and it's like I know this is a little bit of you know a, a, treat, a cheap marketing trick but you think about it and you think about that phrase if I pay that much more I get that much more yeah. so I might as well pay that much more and get all of this because again I could have sat here listing off so many different channels because there's a lot channels studios like Warner Brothers films New Line movies movies the list goes on and on and when you add everything up it does kind of seem worth that price to me mm-hmm. i feel like it is very tricky in this new cable wars era we're entering to price out yourself at 17 i think you just dated it it's the streaming wars no but it's Ooh. a new cable wars <laughs> like, cable, like, cable wars the, are gone no but it's it's but the new version the new of that cable wars yeah, yeah like this cable. is just, he's trying to live in the year 3000 this <laughs> yeah, is yeah. what Coy's trying going, to do we're gonna look back on this the yeah. same as we looked at the cable wars we're gonna be mm-hmm. like remember that time we all tried to have our own separate thing and then it's gonna last 20 years yeah. and then they're gonna separate oh, again of course. it's just like when you bought each section of cable and it's gonna add up to the same exorbitant price if one thing is $17, another thing is $12, another thing is $10. Disney's the price of a sandwich. It's all going to add up to like $80 For a month. For now. Yeah. And that's not going to yep. last. Yeah. So <laughs> if it's going to be 80 bucks a month, like we're going to have to start cutting our losses. And I don't feel, feel like people can rationalize $17 a month right now. It's, it's That's a high price point for sure. I feel that to, to be very competitive, they would have to kind of match the other services prices at this point, even though you get all that stuff. And for me, like you're like summing up, Perry, and I agree, if they do include DC Universe's part of that i feel like yeah since i already have that for only x dollars more i get all that stuff that's the way to do it but for people that didn't get either Mm -hmm. you know will they join now but again here's what we were saying before and i want to preface it with this i consume my media in a very specific and weird way so i can't i feel like i'm not a good judge of if this is going to be successful Mm -hmm. or worth it or not because like i was saying i have my own very specific things i also live in a household where i don't have amazon prime i don't have hulu but my roommates do Mm -hmm. so i've been so that's how we're sort of cheating the system like we you know bring in a different thing to the table but for me dc universe is worth it because i also get my old cartoons sure 
I get comics. That's different than people that only consume their media as like live action movies and TV, which are, I feel like most people, most adults another, don't do the cartoons, which is the thing I do. Yet another reason, though, why I think it would even not just benefit DC yeah. Universe and giving it an even wider viewership than it has right now, but also serving HBO Max overall very well. Because at one point in the press release, they say this line, um, the riches of Warner Media to create programming and user experiences not mm. seen before in a streaming platform. Mm. So I read that press release and I'm like, what are you doing here that I haven't seen before? You have a library of pre-existing movies and shows and you're yeah. making your own original content. Been there, done that. And granted, they have some shows in the works that I think sound very creative and have a whole bunch of very exciting people attached. But what can they do that makes them stand out from other services? You guys comics. have it comics. with the comics. Exactly, DC Universe, yeah. Why yeah. not add that? And just the beauty of something like that, too, is for someone who says, oh, I'm not into DC Universe stuff, mm-hmm. but I like the HB- I like Game of Thrones. I like sure. the HBO shows that I'm used to. Sure. Then they're scrolling through their menu, and all of a sudden they see that. And for all you know, you bring people into comics that not, might not have been exposed to I them would as be, much before. I would be so excited if like the new HBO, and it's HBO, right? Watchmen show yeah. mm-hmm. has a thing that, again, the DC Universe has been trying to do and has been attempting to do where it's like you're done with the show, and then here's a link to the comic. Like That would be kind of amazing. And that's unique in the space, yes. and that's the beauty of an app like DC Universe. Sure. One of the things that got me on DC Universe was the fact that it had those thousands of comics and now it has even more and right. if they were to say do the DC Universe is six months and earlier yes. or whatever and then when you do HBO Max then maybe it's four months and earlier like you you up your game mm. as far as what comics are available and that's how you get people to pay a little bit more it's like not if even, I had access to like dozens more comics that's worth the price point for me and it's right. not even comics it's like thinking about what I ingest storytelling wise all the time my big thing is movies that are adapted from books or TV mm. shows that are adapted mm-hmm. from a piece of source material and Sometimes you watch this stuff and you have absolutely no clue, but I'm looking at the list of stuff they have in the works, and most of these shows are tied to a book. Yeah, and I'm could throw you, Kindle in there. I mean, could you imagine if there was some sort of advertising where before you even saw the show, it said, you know, if you navigate over to the, this menu of our streaming service, mm-hmm. you can get the book, and you could read the book before you see the show. That'd if be great. If all of this media just existed in one place, I feel like, and this is a crazy thing to suggest, given how much of my time is spent watching movies, reading books, and watching TV shows. But I feel like if it was all in one handy place, one handy app, I would ingest even more. Same, 100%. No, uh, I, and I, I go into I, we talked about how we consume media I go into Netflix I don't browse I know yeah. what I'm watching like Same. on July 4th I knew I was watching Stranger Things on July 16th or 18th I forget which it is I know I'm watching Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee mm-hmm. on Blankety Blank I watch media like movies it has a release date that's when I'm going to watch it I know what it is because I love the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air but I don't have the time to rewatch it as yeah. excited as I was to see that in the press release I know I'll may- watch two episodes if I've I'm seen drunk it. I've and seen like, it. I'm not going to have time to sit through I, it again I am not a channel surfer anymore I'm not somebody who Sometimes, like many Many people of our generation and younger have seen The Office and Parks and Recreation over and over. I'm like, that stresses me out thinking about that because I'm like, I got too much new stuff to get to. I can't. I I have my own Netflix queue that I'm working on. And we both buy tangible media. Like when I like a movie, I own the Blu-ray. So you can't sell me on 10,000 hours of stuff that I own Check out all these new movies we have on HBO Max. It's like if any of those movies I saw in the past two years – 
and I liked. I went out and bought the Blu-ray. I got the Blu-ray at home. That's not going to, you know. I mean, to be fair, when I think about it, so I'm not the kind of person that would, let's say, go back and rewatch 236 episodes of Friends, <laughs> sure. but they have New Line, which means they have the Conjuring franchise, and even though I own every single one of those movies on Blu-ray, mm -hmm. there is a convenience with having an app on oh, my sure. TV and just oh, pressing sure. play versus getting up, making Dewey get off the DVD player to put the DVD inside. Dewey, so it what makes, are you doing? Just Dewey, cousin so, Conjuring so difficult. It's warm. He it's, likes to sit on it. because I get your it. DVD player is also a uh, bed, which is the problem. It's one of those I, pet bed mm -hmm. DVD it's players. My my DVD yeah. player is a bed. My cable box. My computer. <laughs> I have bed nothing. Is a bed. I have nothing. <laughs> Let's take some questions from the chat right now. We've got one from Sky Patterson who's asking: Do you think and believe that we are suffering from streaming service fatigue? Will Netflix become the winner and victor in all this chaos? Mm, yeah, potentially yes, and I think potentially also yes because Netflix was the first. I remember years ago when Blockbuster had an opportunity to buy Netflix and they like scoffed at them. Oh, They're like, man, oh, we'll be fine. It's like, you dummy. And then <laughs> Blockbuster tried to do their own because this was just when Netflix was just through the mail. Yeah. Which is, by the way, another weird psychopathic thing about me. I still have Netflix through the mail because it's the way to go, dude. Don't, don't what? do that. Don't judge me. <laughs> I I'm didn't even know there was still an option. I'm the, person that still, it's called, right? I'm the person that still pays for Netflix streaming on top of they'll send me one disc through the mail one at a time because they have stuff there that but is not available have... on streaming that I can just, yeah, let me go ahead. It's a good way to I go to the library. I could do that too, but it's also free. the convenience of having it mailed to oh, your true. home. It's a good deal. But the <laughs> so point maybe, is, maybe HBO Max should add that to their service. And yet another thing, honestly, <laughs> DVDs through the mail. Sure, uh, yeah, let's do that. Dead media, yeah, yeah, let's do it. But because I'm I'm such a I'm such a weirdo, I, I have my own specific thing, so I don't see any of them as being like winners and losers. It's, it really depends on I guess each individual consumer. However, overall, generally speaking, yes, I think Netflix is the winner and has been for many years and still will continue to. All right. We were listing before we even started yes. uh, the well, show. We were listing all the streaming services. Mm -hmm. I hate going on the negative side, but I'm curious. Mm -hmm. What do you think is going to be the loser? Um, I can just speak to what I have. And because and, to me, Amazon Prime is a loser. I don't get Amazon Prime. Uh, to me, it's not worth it. And even though people are like, well, you can get stuff in two days. Did you see the John Oliver segment where people working in these like warehouses are struggling? Like, yeah. I don't need something delivered to me. It'd be like, I don't. And then honestly, the people that I live with, again, they have Amazon Prime. So if I need to like use it or need to watch something that's on their service, uh, like I have been enjoying um, The Tick, I think mm -hmm. it's on Amazon Prime, then I'll check it out. But it's not, that's not an app that I'm like, I got to get it. Also, Hulu. I also don't got to get Hulu. So okay. those are, those are kind Definitely of losers to me. Handmaid's Tale and Marvelous Mrs. And those, Maisel. And those uh -huh. are great. And I saw, Marvelous. I saw Marvelous Ms. Maisel's first season, and I'm like, this is a great show. I don't think it's for me. I think I preferred Gilmore okay. Girls in terms of the Amy Sherman Palladino That's universe. I still haven't checked out Bunheads. I'll eventually get to it, but <laughs> I like to try stuff out, but it's not something that I'm... For me, again, people will disagree, but my winners are Netflix, CBS All Access, DC Universe. That's Ooh, what I have. That's I like I have. that you put CBS All Access it's in the in winner there. pile. It's I think in there, because I got a lot of incoming Trek coming, and I'm true, excited about which it. Which is why so, it's, it's teetering for, for me. Sure. It's either it. going to knock it, it out of the park with Picard and bring in even more people than yep. it already had through Discovery, yep. or it might tip the it other might, way. Yeah. And I'm, I'm rooting for it. Same. I'm really rooting Same. for it. I'm a huge stand-up comedy and documentary guy, so mm. Netflix is where I watch most of my that content, because every time there's a new stand-up special on their day of, mm -hmm. uh, I would say, I, I actually do use Amazon, um, because I like some of the, like, I like Sneaky Pete a lot, and I like the the, ch the chances they're taking. I right. like that their shows feel bold and out there. I think the biggest loser for me would actually be HBO, because most HBO Same. shows are not for me. I actively
actively same. I can't think of a recent HBO show that I was like, that's mine. Except and like they're great. Dexter eight years ago. Yeah, like, and they're great. But like, you know, I'm not Dexter a Game of Thrones guy. Three. I'm not yeah. a Game of Thrones guy. So and I also don't crazy. like their format. You where, pick the worst people to have on wait, today's so does show. That, does, that, uh, comment, <laughs> does that comment bleed into Absolutely, HBO Max? All of the HBO Max stuff is stuff that I've already watched as a child or I can get on DC Universe in a better format or uh, it's stuff that I own or worse yet, it's stuff that isn't interesting oh. to me because their choice of narrative. So here's my follow-up question yeah. then. Let's say DC uh, DC Universe at the price it is now. Sure. Let's say it is merged into HBO Max and you're paying this new potential 16 to $17 price for all of it, including DC Universe. Are you still in? I might have to leave if it goes that high. Hmm. Because <sighs> it's just like $17 a month is a lot of my money. Like this, it's, is, it's, this is an excellent discussion topic is. because right there is the target it's audience. $150 a year. Because I look at it huh. yearly. My brain yeah. automatically extrapolates yeah. 17 times Ooh, 12. Speaking of yearly, one, wait, you but, know what else I have? I also have Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. Which is not oh, media, yeah. but I do comics that way. And I so buy that's my another... comics weekly. Yes. So $17 a month is what? 170 times 10 and then the 34. So 170 plus oh, 34, math. 204. $204 a year. I know. I can't afford $204 Basically, a year. Basically what I, I was just describing earlier, it's like that's my dream come true where I have all of this great content mm-hmm. in one place. But mm-hmm. also what I just said kind of eliminates the diehard DC fans that Correct. are specifically focused on. And I mean, that just raises an even bigger question <laughs> as we see all these like monstrosities in the streaming services rise and we keep talking about there's so many of them and we got to bundle stuff mm-hmm. then it could wind up harming the things like with, with like a niche mm-hmm. appeal yeah we already saw with we already saw with filmstruck we already saw like like one of those um that's the right one right the one thing yeah, of yeah. the old school movies yeah. the old classic hollywood where like it, there is a diehard audience for that but it didn't not apparently big enough not enough big enough audience which was such a bummer yeah uh, but then there's a criterion service that's kind of try to take the place of that which I think is fantastic I used Filmstruck before I use it and I'll probably use Criterion again like because I, I'm a movie guy but I whatever happens I just want to uh, like I would hope that they would keep an option to just get DC Universe as well at a, like a lower price point that, if people wanted to do that what, what I yeah. hope for is piecemeal as well as giant yeah. units because like I, I don't subscribe to stuff that I can't afford like the $17 unit Side, but I also like I subscribe to off camera with Sam Jones, which is literally just Sam Jones interviewing people for five bucks a month. And I can rationalize that five dollars a month more mm-hmm. than I could rationalize mm-hmm. adding five dollars a month to Warner Brothers with all the stuff. Yeah. The other thing that uh, Thad had actually mentioned to me earlier today is like, what if there was a scenario? And it seems like this is a possibility where if they do announce that DC Universe is being folded into HBO sure. Max, you are grandfathered into the price you've paid for oh, that. Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be great. That, I'll take that it. seems like a very fair way to at least start things if that is I their agree. plan. I agree. I could talk about this all day and i guarantee you we're <laughs> going to be talking about it more in the very near future but i want you guys to weigh in drop your thoughts on this in the comment section below what are your streaming service priorities especially when we start getting things like mm-hmm. it's gone the image is gone but hbo max <laughs> and then also things like disney plus what are your top three we want to know right now we also want to tell you about all the cool content you have coming your way on collider we've got some wrestling to share with you check this out What's up, Collider fans? Ryan Satin here from ProWrestlingSheet.com, where you can find the top stories throughout the week in the world of professional wrestling. If you're a wrestling fan like myself, then you'd be doing yourself a disservice by not checking out all the shows we do every week on YouTube.com slash C slash Wrestling Sheet. In particular, on Wednesdays, we've got a SmackDown recap show hosted by John Roca and myself, where we pick apart and, and talk about every little thing that happened on the blue brand. So do yourself a favor and and go subscribe at youtube.com slash C slash wrestling sheet. 
In addition to pro wrestling, she, you've got so much witching hour content up right now. You've got the full podcast up on the factory feed. And then if you check out the main Collider Video YouTube channel, we did Midsummer Ending Explained. It's it's a trippy conversation, Ooh. and I loved it. I feel like it's right up your alley, Clay. Yeah. You'll I'll enjoy that. Central dread. <laughs> All right, let's squeeze in the second story here because it's an interesting one. So we found out that Ryan Reynolds has joined Dwayne Johnson and Gal Gadot in Ross and Marshall Thurber's international action movie Red Notice. That movie recently made the shift from Universal to Netflix, and the interesting thing about that is that Red Notice was a very hot studio package that Universal beat out Netflix for. So they were just in a bidding war for it. And then all of a sudden things have switched. And the way Deadline breaks the story down is they said Thurber showed Universal his final draft last month. And the studio had some reservations when Thurber and his producers pointed to the progress to production clauses in the original contract. Universal agreed to let them take it elsewhere. And Netflix jumped on it. Deadline is claiming that the production budget for Red Notice is $130 million, which is a fascinating number. I mean, it's a big number for any movie, but it's even more interesting after that whole thing last week where there was a rumor floating around that Netflix was going to cut spending on its original programming. (laughs) Netflix did basically reach out and try to, uh, I mean, not completely kill that story, but clarify a little. And one of the quotes that they gave uh, Collider was, in regards to Triple Frontier, which was cited in that original piece as a mm-hmm. major money loser for mm-hmm. them. And one of the things that was stated was we're incredibly proud of Triple Frontier. One of our most popular original films, 63 million member households have now watched the movie since it launched in March. And we look forward to working on more projects with this talented cast producers and writer director J.C. Chandor. So they did step <laughs> in and maybe suggest that that's not exactly the way things are going to pan out. And I'm kind of happy to hear that because I'm a big fan of Ross and Marshall Thurber. It is unfortunate that Skyscraper didn't make all the money in the world oh, last so year because I think he is very good at making big budget studio le- level action movies that are also original stories and cool. not part of big franchises. So I'm happy Red Notice is happening. Do you think it is crazy for Netflix to have acquired this project right now at that cost? I think it ties perfectly into the conversation we were just having yes. in that Netflix needs to differentiate itself from all of the other cable wars. I'm telling you, it's cable wars. Uh, like the streaming services that are battling it out, it needs to stand above the rest. And to me, this is starting to sound like the blockbuster version of the cast of Dune. Like it's going to be the, like, this is already like one of the, fucking sexiest casts ever assembled so you've got this thing like (laughs) ramping up you're gonna have like all of this power to throw around if netflix is spending the money they should spend it on things that are going to be showy if we're living like the way the world is right now there isn't a blockbuster season like there used to be we had shazam come out in the spring we've got joker coming out in the fall that's doing a festival circuit what the way we perceive film as seasonal is dying or dead so i think things like this show us that they should be year-round we should have all kinds of movies come out all year so we're not tired of them this is the first year that i've kind of felt some blockbuster fatigue in I've seen very big and shiny movies over and over and over again if they had come out like a month or two later a month or two earlier I would have enjoyed that more so I want Netflix to take the chances of making movies like this that I can watch any time of the year and this is a great start to that can they continue doing that though it's like their their model recently and I think it's the smart model and I also think it is the only way that they could survive the cable slash streaming wars (laughs) is spend 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 we're in a period of time where all the stuff that they license is being taken back they need 
need a robust library to keep its subscribers and you need to spend money on flashy movies with people like this in them in order to get new yeah. subscribers. So yeah. while I do think spend, spend, spend is the right way to ensure its longevity at the same time, the obvious response to something like that is, oh, well, how much debt are you going to incur before the whole thing just caves? Yeah, I have no idea because they said that 63, 68 million people saw the, the Triple Frontier film. And it's like this has been a thing with Netflix is how do you have uh, this data? And they don't ever reveal that data. They don't ever share how they collect this data. They don't. So it's it's a thing of it's incredible PR. I don't know who to believe. I don't know <laughs> what the truth is. And I don't think we ever will. No. So are they in debt? Are they fine? Did 8,100,000 people watch Stranger Things in two days? Or is this just Netflix being like, hey, this is what, you know, like they can't, they, they're not lying to us, right? They're not lying to us, right, Barry? They're not lying to us when well, they say that Stranger Things has like like 80 million I, people I doubt, watched it. I, I highly doubt that they're lying, okay. but it is, it makes it, especially for my box office obsessed brain, yeah. it makes it difficult to compute also when, one, I don't really understand, you know, the views, two dollars and cents, because it's not just about the existing subscribers and all of their, the people who are coming back to, let's say, watch Stranger Things. Sure. It's also how much subscription dollars is a specific project bringing in. That's what really matters yeah. for them. But on top of that, it's just... Like it, it, it all doesn't make sense. It's mm -hmm. apples to oranges when I look at a movie that hit theaters at the box office and say, oh, well, look at all that money it made. And then I look at something like Netflix, who it's a company that has chosen to only put out numbers when it's something impressive, Correct. when it's something that gives a flashy headline. Correct. I am curious to know what happens when something tanks and the day comes where somehow that information is either given to us by them because they've changed that practice or maybe it leaks. And until we know what, what the floor is, the right. ceiling doesn't mean as much to me. Can I, I also want to say, it. this is the first movie that sounds like, hey, if Netflix gets into theater business, this is the move. Yeah. Like, this is the first would movie ever, theater sounding would, do you movie. you think they would ever release this in theater? I think that they're going to need outside to start of, doing that. Outside of just a limited, like, oh, we want to be able to be, you know, to whatever qualify for whatever, you know, to, for, for awards or whatever. But like, they actually. They the Egyptian, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think things mm. like this are the first example of like this movie sounds like it needs to be in theaters. This is a movie that sounds big and bold enough that I want to see things like this released. And then as a theater junkie, yeah. I want to see movies that are big in theaters. Yeah. I prefer the theater experience. So yeah. this movie starring these three movie stars sounds like a theatrical release. So I hope that this is the beginning of Netflix's theatrical That'd be run. Crazy. I guess so. But then you got to consider the fact that distributing. I mean, if, yeah. if we're just talking Money. about the Egyptian, that's something else. But if we're talking about distributing a movie theatrically, it's like the benefit dollars. that they've had is they spend all the money making the movie and then they don't have to pay to distribute The it. Irishman <laughs> is definitely going to get a theatrical release. I think when we're talking about Oscar contenders, it might be a different yeah. thing because yeah. they also need to get into the business of prestige filmmaking Correct. just to give its name a boost. 100%, but I think that what the Irishman is going to do for their prestige, this is going to do for their blockbuster. I could, think this is going to be the sister to that. But then how do they But then how do they like make money off of that? Is, I don't well, they I make guess money they make, I guess people, will, will people pay tickets I'll, for I'll a Netflix for movie knowing 100%. that maybe when the theater run is done, they're going to put it on See, Netflix? But Everything's going to end up I on a know. streaming service anyway. Why do people go to the movie which, theater now which to the experience? Which is what's killing the theatrical experience. We were just having this conversation yeah. with the movie, like, I think it might have been Late Night or something else that was distributed yeah. by Amazon, where someone came up to me and said, I chose not to see it because I know I can get It'll it on, on streaming Amazon. sooner wow. than, let's say, you know, the big studio releases that I have to wait months and months for. Stranger Things is at my house right now. If I hadn't finished it, I'd pay $20 to go see it in the theater. I would rather see it on a big screen, and I'm very stingy with my money. I would rather... And a Velvet Buzzsaw is a perfect example. I went to the Velvet Buzzsaw premiere at the Egyptian, ironically enough, mm -hmm. and I loved that movie because I, I heard the laughs. I was with the people. I watched it at home. 
less so. Uh, mm. It's not the same at home. A Velvet Buzzsaw is a satire. You need what to is, laugh at it. What if you. Stranger Things would suck in the theater? What if that? It's like too big. No, yeah, like, it's like, CGI yeah. doesn't work for me. No, it'd be great. It'd but, be great. Like, imagine if you got yeah. the opportunity. Like Breaking Bad I saw at Synespia. I went mm-hmm. and saw Breaking Bad the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. I watched the first episode and the last episode. It was amazing. I had a two-hour theatrical Breaking Bad experience, and it made that entire journey so much better because things are meant to be seen with an audience and big. It's church. Like, that's mm-hmm. how movies should be shared and TV should be shared. Coy, so I hope this is the beginning. I hope that there are so many people out there that are just like you because I think, I think all not. this is great. <laughs> Obviously, not, nobody not, out not there everything like can rise to the top together. Over the next couple of months, if not years, we're going to see things kind of flounder and go away. But yeah. there's just so much content out there, and it's really exciting that we have so many different ways to ingest it. There's so many different types of stories being tell, told. It's a very good time. It's just also a very volatile time. And what I would give to have a crystal ball and just understand what the landscape is, even like five years from now. I want that answer so, so badly. I don't understand the landscape now. That's the, that, yeah. What I'm confused about There's is I don't no understand. Answer. Like the box office is like, they make movie. They distribute movie. I yeah. give dollar. They make money. They know make money. Netflix is like, I subscribe. Okay. Like, there's no follow-up. Seriously. I don't understand it. If you, from five years ago, just came through a time machine right now, and you would and you would just walk over here, uh, I wouldn't know what to tell you. Like, I, we, we, you'd, I'd be like, sorry, you have I, to go back, and you got nothing. There are so many <laughs> sectors of this industry where I say to myself, what yeah. was I thinking five years ago? Yeah. I was flat out wrong, and it's shaped out in a completely different way. I want 2014 Perry to come through, and you'd be like, my, I'd like this app from HBO to have a book in it. I wouldn't yeah. know how to tell you about that. I've like, we just talked about that today. That, this is like dating me. Back when I was in college, I think, all I ever wanted was my NYU email on my phone. And I told everyone, I want my NYU email on my phone. And everyone looked at me like I had two heads. And finally, <laughs> I got one of those Palm Treos. It was like a gigantic brick thing. And I looked ridiculous carrying the thing around. And now look, we have iPhones. We have things that give not just one email account, but a million email yeah. accounts. Mm-hmm. It's see, insane. I was, I was ahead of my time on you that, were. at least. You were. So I think what we're going we're gonna to see is after all this rise and fall, all this tumultuousness, I think there will be people that are zealots about the theater, zealots about streaming, and all of them will find their niche. And I think that's the merit of DC Universe versus Warner Media as an app. I think it's Good the specificity. To, yeah, I agree. I like ending on that note. Also, I'm starting to schwitz, which means I'm getting too intense about this topic. We're out right now. Koi, Hector, thank you so much for joining me on this wonderful day at Movie Talk. Adam in the booth, Dorian in the live chat. You guys rock. Thanks so much for your help, as always. And to everybody out there, thank you for watching. Please like and share. And then guess what? Tune in tomorrow. We got a brand new episode coming your way. 3 p.m. PT Live. See you then. It's that little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning.
And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba da ba ba ba.